of the Sideliners Reaction Pods of the New York Giants football season. I am Anthony Beers, and the Giants lost to the Rams at home, 38-11. Now, I went into this season thinking it was going to be a good year for week-to-week reaction pods. Not, you know, not to say you ever really know for sure, but I knew the Giants had been aggressive with their moves. I liked most of the Giants' moves, and like most Giants fans, I was thinking this year could be an improvement. So I'm actually at a difficult crossroads here because my intent going into this season was to just stick the week-to-week breakdowns. I probably even said this on previous pods, that the week-to-week breakdowns were just going to be about the game that just happened. We weren't going to dive too much into off-season rumors. We weren't going to talk about the draft. We weren't going to talk about, you know, general season-to-season stuff. But now, as the Giants sit at 1-5, and and New York football is in another year of just, just absolute disarray, and it's, and it's difficult to really think about anything else other than what are they going to do to try and fix this big mess, I, I think I have no choice but to stray away from my original uh, philosophies for this podcast. Because there's a point where for any Giants fan, even the most loyal, faithful, positive, happy-go-lucky Giants fan, there's a point where you just can't stand to watch it anymore. And, you know, there, if you if you were a Giants fan that walked away or turned the game off in the third quarter or so yesterday, maybe even earlier, I do not judge you for it. I used to have a very strong passion for judging people for this saying. You stick with your team, you're going to put in the time to root for your team, you got to be there for the highs and lows. Me, I, I kept the game on for the entire game, but my focus was really deteriorated I, especially towards the fourth quarter where it was just useless. I, you know, I saw when it was 38-3, I watched the eight-point touchdown drive, <clears throat> eight-point touchdown drive to make it 38 to 11. Saw all that, uh, but I still wasn't really in, you know, rabid fan watching mode. There was a lot of people texting me saying, "What the heck's going on? This team is terrible." All different theories, blah blah blah, and yeah. I mean, I might make a few comments about the death chart in today's podcast. Uh, I might even share a few theories uh, in this week's reaction podcast. But I'm not going to break down the game too much. It's just too painful. The defense uh, started strong. And let's put it this way. We had a strong game plan going into it where the Giants offense was moving in the first quarter. Kadarius Tony getting injured. That was officially it for the offense after that. Uh, and, of course, the defense getting toasted by Sean McVay's mid-game responses or, or change-up to the, to the offensive game plan, we had no answer. Nothing. We had no counterattack. So, you know, you could say this one's on the coaches and the players, but to me, the, I, I see this one really strongly being on the coaches because they knew going into this matchup that our roster was going to be significantly depleted, that injuries were a serious issue, and we still didn't really have much of a an exciting game plan 
far too many pointless runs to Devontae Booker, two-yard runs into, into nobody. Uh, far too many Jones sacks. No, it did not matter who played tackle. You know, I want to apologize to Nate Soldier. Obviously, he hasn't done good, but I previously was indicating that Matt Pert should get snaps. I take it all back. Matt Pert was even worse, and it was apparent in one play. When his first play at left tackle, he was burned. Jones was murdered on his blind side. Ball came out, and Pert, because he had been completely de- deceived and completely blown by, he was standing right there when the football came out for Jones's fumble. Could have easily fallen right on it. Somehow fell on it, touched it, and didn't get it. So it was over. It was over two right away with Pert at left tackle. So when Andrew Thomas left the game. It, we had no answers. I mean, our best players are Thomas, Kadarius Tony, and Jones, I'd say, and Barkley. And Barkley didn't even play the game at all. Jones, we didn't even expect him to play, but he still went out there to suffer with all of us. If, it, if nothing else, you can't say Daniel Jones isn't loyal to his team. He knew, I mean, coming off a big hit the week before, where he probably he probably had a concussion, concussion syndromes. That's another thing. Did he actually have a concussion? I didn't hear that. I know he had symptoms. I mean, obviously he wobbled and fell over, so we all assume it was a concussion, but I don't think it was ever confirmed. And I, I think he definitely probably had one, but I think the Giants in the NFL as a whole don't really explain the concussion protocol process or reveal anything purposely so that teams have the flexibility to make matchups more enticing because it's important to keep these games competitive, not only from a fan viewing standpoint, but from a Vegas standpoint, a spread standpoint standpoint and the NFL has a lot of money invested in um you know legalized sports gambling so that's what I think I think Jones still a concussion I think the NFL is, acts like they care when they don't and Jones played with it anyway but it probably wasn't that bad and he probably felt fine because sometimes you have a concussion and you just feel fine after a couple days but he did not have to play, especially when it was, you know, 38-3 wide. I can't believe we even sent him out there for that drive. So, yeah, those are my takes on the game, but I don't want to talk about it too much more. It was just a painful loss. Sometimes you got to just, you know, cut your losses and move on and understand that the Giants season is, is more of a learning experience yet again. Uh, so let's talk about the man who is probably the biggest enemy to Giants fans right now, Dave Gettleman. He's a must-go. Now, I don't think there's a single Giants fan out there that believes he's not going to get fired. Now it's really a matter of when is he going to get fired? Because if we allow him to control our fate at the trade deadline, listen, we're 1-5. I, I know for a fact there's a mathematical thought in John Mara's head and saying, oh, we could go on a tear, we could go on a win streak, something could happen. And we could be 5-5 five and five before you know it. And you never know where you'll be in the NFC. I could, I could hear them chalking up all that BS and allowing Dave Gettleman to look at it as, let's do everything we can to fix this year. When, let's face it, this upcoming trade deadline has to have moves with the thought of next year. It has to be the priority. So if Dave Gettleman is definitely not going to be here next year, which I think we all know is likely the case, how do we justify letting him handle the trade deadline? We've done this in the past because we're the quote-unquote professional giants, and it just it has nothing to do with professionalism or what's right. We we are exactly where we started 
with Dave Gettleman. We think think about the that Ben McAdoo season where that they had the horrible Eli streak coming to an end because of the feud of McAdoo wanting to see what we had out of Geno Smith after and this was after the losses had piled up. If Ben McAdoo didn't do this, he might not he might have actually made it to the end of the season before he got fired. Who knows? But it took that level of an embarrassment for John Mara to A, speak to the media, and B, get rid of McAdoo. And at that time, we got we got Dave Gettleman, who was supposed to help us with what? Our offensive line, which is, you know, he tried. Everybody's injured, and the, 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 the group is in disarray. They're deteriorated. They can't do their jobs, so it has failed. Um... He was supposed to have... First, he's supposed to have his win with Eli. That didn't happen. And then he said, okay, time to rebuild with a guy who... You know, we took a, a running back and a quarterback with our first pick in back-to-back drafts, so we did nothing to help the offensive line at first. So then he invested everything into his his draft two years ago in the offensive line, and we still had a bad season. So then you have this year where... He was aggressive in free agency. We spent hundreds of millions of dollars. We went after better receivers. Uh, we acquired more draft picks on draft day. We have the Bears' first-round pick next year. And, you know, it, it seemed like Dave Gettleman did everything he could. But the fact remains, it hasn't worked. And year to year, we are sold this BS that this is going to be the year that it all comes together, that your loyalty is going to pay off. And we're going to go back to the Giants. Exhibit A, the 2011 Super Bowl Giants, Super Bowl 46, being honored every single week, and actually we are not honoring them at all. We're embarrassing ourselves by having them in the building surrounding this horrible team. They're probably snickering to themselves as they leave, thinking, man, they could probably still use us, and some of us are in our 40s and 50s. I don't even know if that's true. I'm sure there's some uh, in their 40s, but probably nobody in their 50s. Besides the point, the old retired dogs are probably laughing at us, and we're not honoring them by having ceremonies and losing. We, we, we screwed up Eli Day, and now we've screwed up the Super Bowl Day. Tom Coughlin came and did a speech while his wife is, you know, dying on him, and, and that's what we gave him. So it's an embarrassment to the past, and it's an embarrassment to the, to, you know, to the past heroes, and it's an embarrassment to the Giants fans who... Want to not only honor the past, but are being sold this BS that we are still that identity, that we are still that bad team that that could dominate on the road and steal a Super Bowl run from a really really driven player and coach like Brady and Belichick. So I I I I just think it's insulting to the fans. To have all this throw, all these throwbacks that are now a decade old, you know, and and it's it's always something, it's always something. We have we had the anniversary, the tenth anniversary of the Super Bowl, the twenty fifth anniversary of this one, the fifteenth of this one. I mean, we just we just love to just talk about the past as if nothing's changed. Things have changed with this team, and. The only thing that hasn't changed in the last four years is Dave Gettleman's team is in the exact same situation as when he arrived. Our defense is being paid a lot and not performing. 
that was the situation with McAdoo when he left, and that was the situation when Shermer arrived. We had a lot of players on defense with bad contracts, and we weren't winning. So we had to strip those contracts. We had to make better deals. And then this was the year Dave Gettleman got aggressive, and we're still bad. And we got problems, and Martinez is out for the year, and our secondary is not nearly as dominant as we anticipated. And we are, our defensive line just isn't getting enough consistent pressure. So he has failed on the defense, and we are in the exact, exact same situation as we started. Our offensive line is not protecting for our quarterback. You know, everybody used to comment about Eli the statue, or Eli doesn't have the speed, or Eli doesn't have the arm strength anymore as he got old. Well, now we have a kid who's an excellent athlete. Dave Jones has great speed and can throw on the run and can make plays. We've seen it. We know he can. And yet he's getting knocked around every game, and he's getting injured every year because our offensive line is not doing their jobs. Some of those hits and decisions over the years have been because of Jones, but this year it just seems abundantly clear to me that Jones has improved, Jones is doing what the coaches are telling him, and the coaches are failing him. That is, that's my take on that. So the only positive force is that we seem to have improved our wide receiver core with Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney, who are, of course, both injured, but hopefully will come back soon. And we're back to the drawing board. The good news is if you're a GM on the market, um, and, and and listen, I don't even have a name offhand. I know Lewis Riddick has been tied to the Giants in the past, but you know he's an ESPN Monday Night Football announcer, former player. I pff, I have no idea if he'd be good. He certainly would have a a, a new generation type approach uh, than what we've seen with Gettleman, who has fulfilled the Giants' wishes with the old school approach, getting the old school type players, old school type coach. And it, you know, it's just continued to fail year in and year out, week in and week out. So the only thing I know for certain on this podcast is that Gettleman must go, and it is better for him to go sooner rather than later. I hope by the time I edit this and post this that he's already gone. I hope that this is an outdated thing, but I doubt it. It's got to happen before the trade deadline. We've got two weeks. It should happen now. So then that leads uh, to the coaching. Do we completely clean house? Because because now we have the challenge of what do we... If The problem is when you do fire GM, and I, will, I understand why owners are hesitant to do it, it pretty much sends a message to your team that the tone of the season has changed. The plans that we anticipated have failed, and now we are looking at it as you need to win, uh, or you need to win your matchups, you need to win us over if you want to stay here. And then I'm sure there are some players that are like, why would I even want to stay here? So the ones that aren't motivated to stay are going to fade off, and we're going to see more young talent, more uh, fiery players, or players that need to be to prove that they are who we thought they were. Like Kadarius Tony is going to have to prove week in and week out that a he can stay healthy or or get healthy, and b he can continue to dominate on a week in weekly basis. I think he can, but that's something that that's going to be his job throughout the rest rest of the year. And it's just tough to go into a season like that so early when it's when it's October 18th we still have to go through all of November all of December two and a half months of 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 games where it's like okay what what's the future of the Giants like now I think we were one in seven last year with Judge too so now it's officially a pattern bad starts and we had bad starts with Shermer and Gettleman when he has been here too. We've had a bad start every single year with Dave Gettleman for four years now. And 
I don't I I don't think I don't think at this point in the season we've we've ever had a winning record and we've already like decided it's going to be a losing season at this point of the season week in week out hey you never know there are years where teams start five and one and then they finish you know five and eleven or now five and twelve but that has not been the case with the giants every single start has been poor and every single season has been lost by now since gettleman got here so once we make the decision with gettleman then you got to ask yourself what do you do with the coaching staff now i'm not on the fire judge board yet i'm not i'm not i'm not but these press conferences are exhausting and someone needs to tell him to stop saying i'll check the tape i'll check the tape i'll check the tape it it, it i understand he wants to protect the players it's time to stop protecting them i know that sounds selfish but it, he needs to he needs to make it clear to the giants fans that he's not happy with the players performances and he's not happy with how they're acting and that there's a going to be consequences where is this where's this tough guy that we that we were reading about in the summer having these intense practices, these full pad practices, these full contact practices, which, oh, by the way, all our, our team is completely injured. Is, is it a coincidence? I don't know. But the writing's on the wall. And I I just, you know, the tone has completely changed. He's not confident. Even when we were one in three, he came to, he yelled at the journalists as he was leaving. He says, we're going to figure it out, guys. We're going to figure it out. No, we're not. It's not going to be a good year. This we we finally face a legitimate team that we know is good, and they absolutely wiped the floor with us in our building, to the point where it was a complete embarrassment. By halftime, game was over, and it's just sad. It's sad to the fans. It's sad to the fans that were screwed on a PSL for a lousy stadium, MetLife Stadium, and. It just makes the whole season difficult to evaluate. It makes it difficult to enjoy. You just eat, drink, hang out with your family. Have it in the background. Have it all in the background. You want to pay attention, sure, but do not continue to allow yourself to suffer for no reason other than your own proof of loyalty. I believe it. You're loyal. If I can't do it, you probably can't do it either. That is just my message to other Giant fans out there. you got to take breaks, smell the roses, Knicks basketball is coming back. Hockey just came back. Let's 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 focus on those things for a little while. Judge, like I said, I don't know what to do with him yet, but my courage, my courage with him hangs by a thread, because our our team does not respond to his attitude. It's not it's not cohesive. So he he doesn't he he doesn't seem confident. Neither does our team. That's cohesive. And then, of course, Garrett. Garrett, I would, I would get rid of him just for his red zone play calling alone. He's been good for Jones in terms of helping Jones minimize the turnovers. We do have to give him credit there. Obviously, we did not see that in yesterday's game. But, hell, there was just no way Jones could get out of there without turnovers, especially the fumbles. I mean, you, you factor in the fact that he may or may not have severe brain damage. He's, you know, getting killed by people who cannot block. Of course, there's going to be fumbles and interceptions. He has injured receivers everywhere. You can't even get mad at the kid, and that's the problem. You can't evaluate Jones, and if we can't evaluate Jones, what type of GM is going to come in here and know what to do? This is exactly what happened with the Jets and Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has proven to me that he's a solid quarterback. He's a solid NFL player. You can win with him. You can build a good team around him. That's clear with the Carolina Panthers now. With the Jets, it wasn't clear. Nobody knew what to do. Between the injuries and between the, the illness he had and, and, and between the fact that he had missed so many games and between the fact that the team was in an entire 
stripped down rebuild, uh, they had to just trade him. So kind of makes me think, will the Giants trade Jones? Will Jones remain here? It's not clear. It's really not clear to me. And I don't think it's fair to the kid. I don't think it's fair to the organization. I definitely don't think it's fair to the fans. And, you know, personally, I'm a believer in Jones. I, there's no reason to part ways with Jones because I do not have a better realistic option. But if we're sitting there at the top three pick and we also have the Bears pick and we, in theory, have a new GM, the conversation is going to happen regardless of how Jones performs this year because Jones may be putting up better fantasy stats. He's never won in his life. He's never won in the NFL. He's never won in college. So that's going to be the knock on Jones. And it's not fair to the kid. He's an excellent kid. He's an excellent... He's, he's proven every year that he's getting better despite an organization that clearly is not doing him the best favors. He is getting better. So I side with him. I, I say that the organization has failed him, similarly to the way I believe the organization failed Eli Manning at the end of his career. That's the issue. There's an institutionalized Giants issue that they don't... A, they're trying so hard to be loyal to this old-school brand, the Wellington Mara brand, that John Mara is missing it. They're bringing in the wrong people. They're living in the past. They're not building their team the way you need to build it. Teams are evolved around speed, fast-paced play calling, aggressive fourth down going for it, and remaining calm in tight games. These are, We are not capable of any of those things. We want to slow the game down. We build our team around Saquon Barkley, and we're trying to be like an old-school organization, and it's just not working. We want to be a run-the-football, stop-the-run-on-defense, get-after-the-quarterback-on-defense type team, and we aren't. That's what Gettleman wanted, and we are not that. Again, I don't know about Judge. I'm not ready there yet, but... I do want to share this thought that the more Belichick continues to lose, and it was a wild loss to the Cowboys yesterday, but the more Belichick continues to lose in New England, previously with Cam Newton, now with Mac Jones, uh, and the more he continues to lose without Brady in general, it makes you think that perhaps, perhaps, I'm not saying Belichick isn't a great coach, but perhaps the reason for the longevity and all of the continuous success was Brady and Brady's work ethic, and Brady's diet, and Brady's insane attitude, and Brady's ability to recruit wide receivers who are completely emotionally and fundamentally broken and make them stars again. Maybe that had more to do with it than Bill Belichick's stingy play calling and weird outfits. Maybe. Not to say Belichick isn't a great coach. I'm a Giants fan. I know what he's done in the past as a defensive coordinator. He's brilliant with coverage. I agree. But maybe... Belichick was just focused on defense, and Brady was able to kind of run sh- run the show on the offense. Um, you know, and and now with these new quarterbacks, it's hard. It's hard. Not to say I don't like Mac Jones. Not to say I don't think the Patriots are you know capable of winning with him and Belichick. Not that at all. I'm just trying to get the thought out there that maybe the approach that so many different organizations had to try and find the Belichick apprentice and you know didn't like the Houston Texans with Bill O'Brien. And now the Giants with Joe Judge and the Detroit Lions with Matt Patricia. And there's more. The fact that there's so many of those guys who went elsewhere and failed makes you think that maybe that is not the best approach to hire a head coach. And that does not bode well for Joe Judge's future. And, you know, Patrick Graham, he has to be in the discussion as well. Last year, we were thinking he might leave the team for a head coach position. That's how good he did last year. This year, his, his value has deteriorated. It's gone down. So I don't know what's going to happen to this team. I don't even know what's going to happen to this podcast. I might just come on here and complain every single week. 
but the Giants lost 38-11 to the Los Angeles Rams. Rams look like a Super Bowl contender. Sean McVay, I would kill to have a coach like that. And Matt Stafford makes them a lot better. It's very clear on many levels. So, um, yeah, game stunk. Season is in disarray. Gettleman must go before the trade deadline. Judge is on the hot seat. Garrett can go right now. Patrick Graham's on the hot seat. And Daniel Jones, I'm sorry. I don't even know how to, we don't even know how to evaluate you. We need to get this team healthy so that we can go back to evaluating our, our team and, and getting an understanding of the direction they're headed in. Maybe it, it might even happen again where we are one and eight or one and nine and the team's, you know, we suck, everything's terrible, and then we rip off for, you know, three or four wins at the end of the season. That's what bad teams do. And that's what we've done in the past. And those games can can affect the evaluation of one season to the next. And that's that's something we have to keep an eye on. So Giants fans, I feel your pain. Thanks for listening to my rumblings. Uh, I'm going to get this podcast out there as soon as I can. And hopefully I there's some news about Dave Gettleman sometime soon. Because I can pretty much guarantee based on uh, A, anybody with common sense, and B, what I'm reading on Twitter, that Giants fans are done with Dave Gettleman. And uh, it's over. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see how it goes next week. <laughs>